Sometime in the next few months, your Toastmasters Club is going to hold a contest. For new members, a Toastmasters speech contest might sound a bit childish, unnecessarily competitive, a waste of time. I suspect that you've never seen a Toastmasters speech contest. On today's podcast, let's take a look at one of the biggest events in Toastmasters around the world and the benefits to you and your club when you hold a contest. Do you need to be able to speak to groups of people? Do you have ideas that can help create a better world if only you could get them out? Then Toastmasters is for you. In an hour a week, we can teach you public speaking and leadership skills and have fun while we do it. This is Toastmasters 101. I'm your host, Kim Cragy. I joined Toastmasters because I was a high school speech and debate judge. My experience with public speaking was already competitive, so a speech contest in Toastmasters didn't surprise me. Whether or not you're competitive in nature, it's pretty natural for people to compete against each other. My kids used to compete over whose side of the car had the better Christmas decorations on the houses that we passed as we drove through town. Yes, that makes no sense. Don't try to figure it out. But competition is built into us. There are certainly those who think we ought to outgrow it when we become adults. We need to be cooperative, not competitive. I don't disagree with cooperative. I think we can do both and have everyone benefit from it. Which is why I think that the Toastmasters contests are so valuable to all the members, even those who will never compete. Let's start with those who don't want to compete, and they have reasons. They don't like the pressure of producing a contest speech. That's a real issue for some people because Toastmasters speech contests are driven by some written rules and some unwritten expectations. Toastmasters International provides an official rule book for all the contests, covers timing, originality, types of speeches, prepared, impromptu, or evaluation, the stage space. And now with COVID, we have video recordings with strict instructions. We even have disqualifications. I don't have a problem with a rules manual. I'm sad that it has to be modified every year because somebody finds a way to circumvent the rules, also known as cheating. There are clear rules, but there are also some unwritten expectations about speeches, in particular, the World Championship of Public Speaking. And I am really close to opening a can of worms here. The rule book says that any type of speech is acceptable for the international speech contest. However, it's one of those everybody knows rules that only inspirational speeches make it to the top level. While the style of speech for that contest has changed over the years, as it should, it gets a lot of negative comments from people who don't like the style that developed in the past 20 years or so. Non-Toastmasters criticize the content of these speeches. They call it bland, lacking any substance. And the styles, they call it clownish or overacted. I've spoken with some people who don't like Toastmasters because they think that's what Toastmasters wants its speakers to sound like. That's a big issue, I think. Toastmasters doesn't explain that our goal is to help you develop your own voice. The contest, in particular the international contest, has some problems, but they're at the local level, 
not at the international level, if the districts are only selecting inspirational speeches. On the other side, I've talked with a former Toastmaster contest winner at our district level who sat through the speeches and counted laugh lines where the audience responded and was able to accurately predict the winners based on that metric alone. I started doing the same and, yep, that's the strongest indicator of who will win. There is pressure in producing a speech contest. And when you talk to people who are serious, I mean really serious about the contest, they're constantly working on speeches. They start the week after their last contest speech ends to craft the next contest speech. That kind of drive is admirable, but it creates a daunting aura in the club. New members will think that they can't possibly compete against a person who has been publicly talking about their next contest speech for months. There are several speakers in District 10 whom I admire greatly who take this speech contest very, very seriously and never talk about it in the club meetings. They downplay it because they don't want new members to think that they don't have a chance to win. I think that the contest speeches provide an opportunity for all the different speech skills that we've been working on. We get to improve them in our own ways. And we, in this one presentation, we put them all together. Toastmasters Pathways Program has the level three skills electives, about a dozen or so speech projects where we learn and we practice discrete presentation skills, eye contact, body language, storytelling. In the speech contest, the challenge, the challenge is to put all those things together. It's not to say that the challenge isn't there with every single speech that you give in the club, but if the focus of a speech project is one particular segment of the skills toolbox, then we might forget the other things that we've already done. We work on body language and maybe we forget to concentrate on vocal variety. It happens, and in this program, I think it happens a lot. I know that if I'm working on descriptive language, I tend not to notice the bizarre things I'm doing with my hands, even at this very minute as I record this podcast. The contest judges have a schematic that lists several different aspects of the contestant's presentation. We're asked to judge not the content, but the structure, the organization, and the value of the speech. We assess skills, body language, vocal skills, and the proper use of language. The smart competitor pays attention to that schematic because most judge use it. They don't have to, but most do. I didn't pay enough attention to it and lost the last contest I was in because I didn't have a clear opening and conclusion to my speech. Crash and burn. It was terrible. I got to pay attention to all the parts of public speaking, and the contest requires me to put them all together. And that's one of the greatest reasons we have contests. If you don't want that pressure to write a contest speech and perform it, that's fine. You're not required to compete. But perhaps, perhaps you'd like to participate in another way. Toastmasters isn't just a speech club. We build leaders. And we do that by giving members opportunities to develop those skills. You don't learn leadership from a book. You learn it by experience. And starting with a small task to learn and to practice those skills is ideal. Running a contest isn't hard, but it is a complex task that requires the contest chair to ride herd on a variety of people in different roles who probably don't have a lot of experience in what they're asked to do, 
particularly at the club level. Most districts are running judges training at some point, and I suggest you attend whether you're going to judge or not, because judge training helps people understand how a contest works and why Toastmasters do things the way that they do them. In past episodes, episode 29 and 30, the links are in the show notes, I talk about the roles of the contest chair, the contest master, and the chief judge. Each role has specific tasks to be completed to make the contest official and run effectively. Please don't think it's too hard for you to do. It's not hard. It's mostly a matter of communication, the most important component of leadership. If you feel you're too new or have never seen a contest before, well, they're only held at the club level once a year now, generally, unless the club decides to host another one. But most clubs have held contests in the past. Those experienced members can help run a contest, or you can help them run the contest. Club contests are facing additional challenges right now, and all hands on deck, or rather, all members need to step up. If you've been a club meeting timer, filling this role in a contest is pretty much the same thing. What's in it for you if you don't like contests, either as a competitor or as a member of the contest team? Because you have a better club with a contest. Contests, I'm going to admit it, they can bring out the worst in people, but they also bring out our drive to improve and succeed. That impulse improves the entire club because we respond to that kind of inspiration. It attracts others with that same drive. It brings the quality of the club up. I've been in clubs that didn't have that spirit. They closed. So is the club contest a sign of a successful club? Hmm. I'm not sure I'm going to say that because there are clubs where the current membership doesn't have anyone saying that they want to compete. So they don't schedule one. That's a fairly reasonable decision-making process, but it's one that I think deprives the club of a contest experience. People can be recruited to compete. I've done it. People can be found to run contests. I've run them for new clubs, and I've judged in other clubs' contests. Even as a mentor, I helped put together a club contest for a brand new club. I do think that clubs that have contests are often the clubs that support their members in achieving their goals the best. Remember when I said before that Toastmasters doesn't do a good job of making sure that you develop your own voice? I think contests do that. If you compete, you're forced to develop your own style, your voice, and your message. Those are what I see are the major benefits of the Toastmasters speech contest. The competition challenges us to pull together all those different speaking skills to present our best possible speech. It also gives us an opportunity to start building leadership skills in small steps. It also helps the club to become more successful in supporting you. There are many reasons why people want to compete. Whether you want to compete and be a speech contestant or to cooperate and be a speech official, We work together to build each other up. That's what we do. Do you know someone who you think needs Toastmasters? What about you? Do you need to improve your public speaking skills or build your leadership experience? How about subscribing to this podcast to hear about how Toastmasters can help you achieve your goals? 
We're available on many podcasting platforms so you can listen on the podcast player of your choice. Our music is from incompetech.filmmusic.io. Toastmasters 101 is a podcast production of Toastmasters District 10. We'll see you next time on Toastmasters 101.